0: All right, man. Well, come on in. Have a seat. Good morning to you. Fortunately, this week, I feel about a thousand times better than I did last week. It just uh, got worse and worse there for a few days. Apparently, uh, that is traveling around, but my voice is almost back to full strength, and I apologize to have inflicted that upon you for those 30 minutes last week. But it's good to rise early and wake up and feel good, right? And uh, whenever... I feel a little under the weather, I try to allow that to be an opportunity just to stop and thank the Lord for uh, good health. And uh, it's a reminder to me to not take my health for granted, but to give thanks. And, And gang, it's a blessing to be able to wake up early, come, be amongst friends, to sing to the Lord who loves us, to feel good. Right? I know a lot of people who would love to be in this room right now, uh, good friends of mine who would love to be in this room right now, who have been at Summit for years, who could no longer come and join us because of poor health. So I don't want to take our health for granted. I don't want to take this time for granted, and uh, I'm excited just to be with you guys. As you know, last week we looked at an introduction to the book of Psalms, and today we're looking at, at Psalm 1. And uh, Psalm 1 is is basically, it it is not complicated. (laughs) Psalm 1's message is easy enough for a child to read it and understand it. And uh, it is not complicated. Its meaning is right there on the surface. However, it is very hard to apply. And there's a difference. There's a difference between its message being complicated and its message being hard and challenging to apply. Well, its message is straightforward. Psalm 1 is an introduction to the entire book, and it is simply giving us a choice. Life is full of choices. Some are easy, some are hard. It's early in the morning, right? I understand that. So we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to give you a few choices. We're going to go with the easy ones because it's 6.30 in the morning, all right, which do you choose, vanilla or chocolate? There's really an easy answer there. Of course, you can look at me and tell I, I like both, right? Just throw them all in there, any kind of ice cream. But, you know, if you're, if, if life or death, what are you going to choose? You're going to choose chocolate. Of course you're going to choose chocolate, all right? All right, if you're going to choose here, Coke or Pepsi, you know, you live in Texas, you should have Dr. Pepper right there, and you should be mad at either choice, All right. If you're going to choose here, dogs or cats. Now, (laughs) let me just be real clear, fellas. There are cat people, God bless them, and we pray for them, okay? And then there are dog people, and they show up at Summit on Thursday mornings, right? That's my dog right there, so you better choose the dog, all right? And then... There is real country music, and then there are those who listen to uh, other music, right? Those who listen to King George, and those who I probably need to talk to about the women's ministry that meets on Thursday nights. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. So, I love it. Just a little side note, Holly, who just started working uh, on our team, who y'all probably met downstairs, she saw my slide, she looked at that, she held this up, she goes, this is funny. She goes, there is no choice. She's a little Amarillo girl, like, you know, Amarillo, they, George Strait or Luke Bryan? I mean, wh- what what is your point you're trying to make here? I'm like, just what you're saying, there is no choice. It's King George. Hopefully those fellas don't even know who Luke Bryan is. But life is full of choices, and some are really easy, right? And uh, and if if you happen to work for Coke or Pepsi, please save your emails, right? I don't want to offend you. Uh, if I offended you about the dogs or the cats, you know, truth hurts. But um, no, I, all jokes aside. Listen, life is full about choices, right? Some are easy, and some are much more difficult. It's Psalm One, what God is doing giving this this little chapter right here, which is really short and really simple, and it's its message but hard to apply, is he is saying to you, you've got to make a choice. I'm inviting you to make a choice. I hope many of you participated with us in the six-week challenge. Six-week challenge was our effort to raise the value of scripture memory. And we did that precisely because of what Psalm 1 teaches us. That there are those who choose to follow God's Word, who are devoted to God's Word, who choose a certain path, who are known by their devotion to His Word, who meditate on it day and night. They're like a tree planted by streams of water, it goes on to say. And the righteous have always been associated with God's Word. The righteous have always hungered for truth. You think about throughout Scripture, when, whenever um, Moses spoke of God's word. He called them to full obedience. When you think about Joshua at the end of his life, what did he do? He, he, he drew a line in the sand. He goes, hey, today you got to choose whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You, you think about what Jesus said about, um, about his word and, and hungering and thirsting for righteousness. There, there's always been a close connection between the righteous, those who want to follow God, and their love for his word. And and the psalmist is just simply saying, hey, I'm inviting you into a life of faith. And so we spent, for six weeks, we spent time just thinking about meditating on Psalm 1 and memorizing this together. And so uh, I I want us to read it out loud together uh, this morning. It starts, let's do this together. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked... Will perish, Amen. This is a—it's uh, an introduction to the whole psalter. It is a reminder to us that if we want to live a life of faith, we've got to make a choice. Its outline is pretty simple. When I wrote the little chapter in your book that you have, I—I said it a little differently than what I'm presenting to you guys today. I like this one up here a little more. It's just two paths, two pictures, and and two destinations. And I want to walk through this with you briefly. Notice how it starts by presenting these two paths. And the Psalter says, and the Psalm says, blessed is the man. Blessing, I think, is one of those words that's kind of lost its meaning within most communities of faith. Right? We say, Lord, bless this food, Lord, Lord, bless our travel, Lord, bless, 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 and it's kind of a word we go to, and we say it when we're not really sure what we're asking for other than something good to happen. But really what blessing means is it's saying, hey, fulfillment is found. Fulfillment meaning security, it's found down one particular path, but it's something that we all look for. We all are looking for blessing. We're all looking for fulfillment. But he says, hey, blessed is the man who walks not. He starts with the negative first, right? He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And immediately there, we see progression of thought and idea. This first path is marked by a total disregard for God's word. And sin has a way of enticing us, doesn't it? And you see right here, it says, Hey, blessed is the man who walks not in the council, nor stands, nor sits. You see the progression. You see somebody who walks. He he is tempted. It has his attention, and he stands. He stops. And then there's the person who, he sits, and he begins to scoff. And so what we're challenged to think about here is, hey, what path are we going to choose? Are we going to choose a path that disregards God's word or are we going to choose a path that is, that is devoted to God's word? And the one who is devoted to God's word, it says in verse 3, he delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. When we think of the word law, Let's be honest. That's not something we typically associate with delight. We think rules, regulations. We think maybe of a strict disciplinarian or teacher. But you have to understand that the background to the psalm, the law was not given to us to to imprison us. Or In this particular context, it wasn't given to the nation of Israel to imprison them or to keep them from something good. No, what was the purpose of the law? It was to reveal the character of God. It was to show the Israelite people who God is and his will for them. The the law was revelatory in that regard, but it was also regulatory and it showed them how they were to live. They were to be the people of God. And in the same way, you care for your kids and there are rules in your house. So God had rules in his home for his people to guide and protect them. In the same way you love and care for your kids and choose to discipline them when they stray. Because you, know you have ultimately have their best interest in mind. And so we have a choice as to whether or not we're going to trust God and walk by faith. And what we're challenged to do here is to walk down a road that is devoted to the word of God. Those who are devoted to the word of God, they delight in in his word. Another way of saying it would be they delight to do his will. It's not just enough to know it, but they delight to obey. They delight to know God's word. They meditate on it day and night. Meditation, in a Christian biblical understanding of it, is, not, is contrary to an Eastern mindset. When you hear of an Eastern religion and meditation, what is the goal there? But to empty your mind. In a biblical sense, meditation is not to empty your mind, but to fill your mind and remind yourself of what is true. The godly man, the man who wants to fear God, to know God, to ultimately the one who wants to find the blessing that only God provides, he understands that he has to walk down a certain path. It's contrary to the one in which the wicked walk down which is a total disregard for God's word. It's one in which he needs to renew his mind. He needs to meditate on the will of God. Trust God. And so we're just simply asked this question right from the very beginning. Hey, which path do you want to follow? More specifically, which path are you on right now? Here's a better question. How would those in your circle of influence answer that question for you? The Psalms aren't aren't meant to be read quickly, raced through, but they're meant to be savored. And as you read them and as you consider the truth of Psalm 1, I would encourage you just to stop and just, as you read this, to, to ask yourself as honestly and authentically as possible and say, hey, what path am I on? How would those I work with every day answer that question? How would my coworkers answer it? How would my clients answer it? How would those in my community answer this question? How would my wife answer this question? How would my ex-wife answer this question? How would my kids? How would my kids' friends answer this question? And just ask yourself, hey, where do I need to take ground in my life in the application of God's word. Who am I trying to to kid? This, This psalm puts a mirror up to us and goes, hey, just stop and consider what path are you going down? You have to make a choice. It's either a path that regards God's word or disregards God's word. The next couple of verses read like this. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit and its season, its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. So this one who regards God's word, this one who seeks to obey and trust in God, he's like a tree. But he's not like just any tree, right? He's like, one, a tree that's planted by streams of water, two, this tree yields its fruit and it sees it in three, its leaf does not wither. There's intentionality here. There's there's thought behind where this tree is planted. And there's a contrast between the one who walks down the path of obedience, delights to follow God's will, and the one who disregards God's word. The one who chooses to walk down the path of, of obedience and trust and faith, he's like this tree planted by streams of water, planted by a life source that bears fruit. He's a blessing to others. The wicked aren't so, though. The wicked are like what? They're like chaff. Again, this, this, the message of Psalm 1 is pretty easy to understand. A child can understand it. But very challenging to obey. We just have to ask ourselves again: Hey, what path am I on? And which which picture best illustrates my life? If you think about this, the tree is planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. He's a source of blessing. He's a source of provision for those around him. There's stability there, there's strength there. there's consistency, there's reliability. There's blessing. Chaff, chaff there's there's instability. can't count on them. They're not reliable. right? They're inconsistent. They're quickly blown away. They're not remembered unlike the tree. And finally, you get to verses 5 and 6. We see the paths lead to two very different destinations. The first destination leads to blessing. There's fellowship and life. And the second destination, there's judgment, there's death, there's regret, there's pain, there's suffering. And we just have to stop and sometimes ask ourselves, hey, do I know where I'm going? Do I like the direction I'm heading? Have I stopped to think beyond just what's immediate? How I want to be remembered, the man I want to be? I, uh, I shared this on Sunday several weeks ago, and I think about what path I'm on and the choices I have to make. And it takes me back to the, those little childhood books I read growing up. Choose your own adventure. How many of y'all read Choose Your Own Adventure books? I mean, come on. Those things were awesome. You guys are dog people. I love you, right? The Choose Your Own Adventure books were great. This little simple book would just capture your attention as a little boy. There were little adventures you would read and it you'd come to the end of the page, and it was like, let's say you went up to the spooky house, right? And um, as you're walking up to this house, you're trying to figure out what's going on in this house and and it gives you this option, it's like at the end of the page. Hey, if you want to knock on the door, turn to page 27. You know, if you're so, you know, if you if if you're so brave though, you don't want to knock on the door, you want to just open the door, turn to page 46. If you want to run away, turn to page 12. And, and what was so great in the choose your own adventure is you kind of have to, you got to guide where you went in your adventure as you read. And what we always did, though, and I'm, I'm sure you did as well, is you'd turn to all three places, right? And, and hold your finger right there and figure out which one uh, was had the more favorable outcome. That's what I did. I'd turn to each page and I'd see, oh, does it say the end right here? You know, did I die? And, um, and sometimes, gang, in life, that's kind of what we want to do, isn't it? We want to be able to look ahead, and we want to go, hey, how's this going to turn out? Okay. And more importantly, there's times where we go, hey, I want to go back to where I was. I regret that decision. That didn't turn out the way I wanted. And life doesn't afford us that. We can't go back and undo what we've done. There are consequences to our choices. And when we choose to disregard God's word, it leads to pain and regret. It leads to hurt, not just in our life, and the lives of others. And if we continue to rebel and if we completely disregard God's word such that we reject the ultimate expression of God's word, God incarnate, Jesus, it leads to judgment, an ultimate death, and that we will forever be separated from him. But here's what you need to know. This psalm ultimately points to Jesus, like all the psalms do. This is what Jesus says at the end of Luke, like we talked about last week, that the psalms are fulfilled in the one who came, who was fully God and fully man, who died on the cross for us and paid our penalty, and then three days later rose again to defeat sin and death, so that we could have life, and we could have hope, and we could have a relationship with the one true living God. And we could walk by faith. And every one of us in this room has chosen at some point or another to walk, to stand, to sit, and to mock and to disregard God's Word. We all have. But the good news, gang is is that, is that Jesus came to fulfill the law, the psalms, the prophets. And in so doing, he offers us grace and forgiveness, and he gives us life, and he gives us a choice. And Psalm 1 has many parallels, which I can't go over this morning because of time, but has many parallels to the Sermon on the Mount. Where it's there, what do you see? To one passage I'll take you, it says in Matthew seven thirteen through 14, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. What does he go on to say there? He talks about a tree that bears fruit. He talks about obeying God's word and building your house on the foundation. There are many parallels. But Jesus is saying what Psalm 1 is saying is that is you have to make a choice. And the majority of people are going to choose to disregard God's word because they're going to choose to try to find life or blessing apart from him. And they're going to be like chaff. But then there are going to be others who are going to choose to go another route who aren't going to make the popular choice. They're going to go down the narrow path because they recognize that life, fulfillment, and blessing is found in what God offers and only he provides And so we want to break up in groups now to be able to stop and just put the mirror to ourselves and go, okay, how am I doing? What path am I on? Which illustration best reflects the reality of of my life and my home and my workplace? And where am I heading? So let's pray, and then we'll jump into our groups. Father, I want to thank you for these men. And... um, Who's, who are here this morning because they have a sincere desire to want to know you. And they have a sincere desire, Lord, to want to follow down the narrow path. They want to be like the tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. All that he does, he prospers. Lord, we, may we be like the tree. When others look, in our, look at us, may they see stability. May they see life. May they see fruit. May we be men that others come to for counsel in our home and our work life. May we be a source of provision and blessing to others. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't just reveal your law to us, but you made a provision for us for the times in which we stray, which we go down the wrong path. And that it's not about what we can do for you, but it's about trusting in the ultimate provision of your son. Lord, in the ways in which we've fallen short, would you just help us to confess that today to our group? Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can simply come to you and go to others. That's all it takes, Lord, is for today to begin to make the right choice. To meditate on your word. And uh, and to follow down the path that's pleasing to you. We love you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen.